Welcome to the Inspired Women Podcast. I'm your host, Megan Hall, psychology student, wife, and mama four. On this podcast, I share helpful life tips and stories from inspirational women. Warning, sometimes we chat about taboo topics and drop some F-bombs. Thank you for tuning in with me today. Enjoy the episode. Hey everyone, today I'm here with Darylin. Darylin Kelleher is a Los Angeles-based YouTuber, feline enthusiast, and amateur woodworker. She was born and raised in Harvard, Massachusetts, and studied at Northeastern University in Boston, Massachusetts, which isn't far from where I live. Uh, we were discussing <laughs> snow <laughs> um, and how she has family up in Massachusetts who might be getting all the snow I'm getting right now. Um, so, which is undoubtedly attributed to her fluency in English, French, and Spanish languages. Why Spanish, though? Um, I mean, it was kind of like Spanish was an option, so gotcha. might as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm from uh, northern New York originally, like Canada adjacent. So up there, uh-huh. it's basically English and French. And then when I moved, I mean, they offer Spanish in some schools. But then I moved down to Florida, and I was like, wait, y'all don't nobody speak everybody speaks Spanish down here <laughs> it's, yeah, it, it, it was a culture shock yeah yeah no absolutely it's a, it, it I totally get that so uh prior to settling in Los Angeles Darlin was per, pursued acting and performed stand-up comedy for five years in New York City which also is not far from me, uh, continuing <laughs> for one year when she returned to Los Angeles Darlin is also a huge cat lover I love cats as well. My husband won't let me get any more. The pandemic, you could find Darylin volunteering at a cat rescue renamed Lux Paws with a primary goal of trapping stray cats throughout the city in order to get them the care they need. Oh my gosh, it's so important, you know, getting them fixed so they don't keep breeding and producing all these little guys. My uh, cat Fitz, he was a rescue. Well, both my cats were rescue cats, but Fitz was found on the streets with his streets with his mama. So him oh. and like five of his siblings, um, his mom was definitely a feral cat. Um, but Fitz, they found when he was a little tiny kitten, they had to feed him with a bottle. And so we got him. He hasn't grown like as big as he should. Like his paws are way bigger than the rest of him. And I think that's because he didn't get that mama milk. Um, Mm. But yeah, so feral cats. (laughs) Our other one, um, she was a, she came from a house where they said they had too many cats. So that's how we got her. Yeah. So we've thing. Yeah. Right. I know. (laughs) I'm like, how many cats did they have? Um, so to finish your bio, over the course of the pandemic, Darylin launched a humorous DIY woodworking YouTube series called All By Myself, which has since garnered 22,000 views. Woo! That's a lot. <laughs> well, welcome to the podcast, Darylin. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This is, uh, this is exciting because I've definitely never had anybody who's in any, into any of this stuff. So <laughs> I'd love to have you start off with um, the acting and comedy. How did you get into that? Sure. Well, basically in New York, I started in stand-up and um, actually it was a little strange. Like I was walking down the street with my friend one day in Brooklyn and we saw some chalk arrows on the sidewalk. And we followed them. And then <laughs> it was going it, it was going to a comedy show. 
And so we went to the comedy show and we were the only two audience members, which makes it even weirder. <laughs> um, the only people who followed the, the arrows. And um, I was basically then that I realized it was just young people like myself who were comedians and actually performing. And I was like, oh, I can do this. This is a real thing. And real life is not just like, you know, you hear legends of it. And you're like, oh, the myth of the stand-up comedian and like you think of like tap dancing and 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 bright lights but no it was it was more simple than that and I was like I can do this so that's how it all began oh I love it uh, I miss going to comedy shows uh you know that doesn't really happen in the pandemic I mean I'm sure some people are going but I'm not going <laughs> so I miss going to comedy shows uh when we lived in Virginia I used to always go to the funny bone with my um husband we lived in um near Virginia Beach and here I hadn't gotten the chance to f discover a comedy place before the pandemic hit because I hadn't even been here a year when it did oh sure yeah that's tough to to be somewhere new uh right as that happens isn't it yeah, I was like, oh, I just got here not too long ago. And now I have no idea. Like people are like, oh, did you find this or that? I'm like, no, a pandemic hit. And I literally did <laughs> so how did comedy lead you into acting? Well, acting was something I've always been interested in. Um, I mean, I had, I had sort of taken acting classes all the way from high school onward and um, it was something I, like growing up in a small town, I had no idea how to get into. I was like, I mean, there's a cornfield across from my house. Like, can I go audition there? And <laughs> the wind blew and I was like, I guess not. Um, so I don't know. It was like, I had no idea. It just felt like this foreign world. And the classes didn't really like when, when I, when you, um, when you live in a small town, you know, you drive like 20 minutes to, to the large town and you take an acting class and then you're like, okay, well, how do I do it? And they're like, okay, thanks for taking the class. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> you're like, ah. So um, I just, it was one of those things where I, I kept getting just enough of it to like get more and more curious. And it was like this carrot in front of me constantly being pulled. Um, so in, I eventually took this really serious hardcore acting class in in new york city um it was like this in the mist in the discipline of meisner are you familiar with that at all no it's just it's like it's this really intense acting style where everything needs to be based on your truthful reactions in oh, order okay. to make yeah to make the story like real so uh, do you really get down to the core of who you are and, and of what other people think of you and like in scenes, like there's, there's no lying allowed. It's really intense. And um, yeah, like I learned an incredible amount in that class. So uh, that's how it all began. Yeah, it sounds familiar because I'm a huge Will and Grace fan. Um, so Jack, uh, takes a lot of acting classes and one of the ones he took actually used that they just didn't say the name but they oh. talked about how you you know had to uh, react based off of your life experiences and he wasn't one of those actors he was one of those actors that liked to be big and broad and make up all this stuff so it was difficult for him but yeah so when you said it started explaining it I was like oh yeah I know what you're talking about <laughs> <laughs> nice I'm glad you had a frame of reference. 
Yeah, I grew up in a very small town as well. The nearest mm. big city, quote unquote, was like an hour away. So I understand mm. like there not being a lot around. Fortunately, there was some colleges that were like 30 minutes away where you could take some classes if you wanted to. Um, uh-huh. Yeah, they're just in the boondocks. They don't provide that sort of education. <laughs> No. And it's also this thing where if you say you want to do it, like you're allowed to say that till you're like seven. And then after that, everyone's like, okay, it's time for you to go work in the coal mines with the rest of us. And you're like, <laughs> no. And they're like, you were only allowed to say that you were seven. Like, it's kind of like, it's like fairy tales. So did comedy and acting bring you to Los Angeles? Yeah, basically I sort of had a close call where, um, I, uh, almost was a part of a sitcom that ended up not happening oh. and yeah I know that's that's entertainment baby uh she said jadedly uh so I don't know like I had this close call and that producer was from Hollywood had this big history in Hollywood and I was like okay maybe I should just go there where there's other producers like that and just see what happens and and so that's kind of how I, I got here. And, and then I, I actually got into a Meisner school out here my first year. And I was continuing to pursue that. And it was continuing to be crazily intense. But, um, but yeah, it, it, was, it was tricky starting over in LA at the same time. So, so to answer your question before I just get into my whole life story, yes. Uh, that I, I don't actually I don't even remember what the question was I've said <laughs> it was it's okay that happens to me all the time uh, I always say like in the beginning of the like you know interviews may start on one topic but then they might go all the way over here and I'm I'm down for the journey so <laughs> share your whole life story I'm cool with that um, because like if if acting in, in comedy brought you to Los Angeles oh oh so the answer was yes <laughs> So how did you transition from acting and comedy to woodworking? Are you still doing the acting and comedy or is it purely YouTubing? Okay, so what happened was when I got out to LA and I was pursuing acting, uh, it's like you kind of come out with the savings and you, you, you give it your, your best shot. Um, but eventually my savings ran out and I was though, surprisingly, I was landing roles, like, which I was really excited about, like, but it was like sort of small things where I would get like maybe a a few a month, like maybe three a month, which that, I think that's great for a person who, uh, was new to everything, but you know, you'd make the money that you need, like I would make maybe, I don't know how to say it. Like basically I was making for those three days a month, maybe like a quarter of, a, of what I needed to live. So gotcha. it just wasn't, gotcha. it wasn't going to make it work. It was, it was just this unfortunate puzzle with pieces that didn't fit. And it was cool though. Like the, like I was getting like sort of featured roles. I was in this big music video that got like millions of views and, and I was cast as the girl who trips on the ground. Like I was like, <laughs> this is the role I was born for. <laughs> um, so it was all very exciting. Um, it was just more like, okay, well, reality is a thing. Oops, I forgot about that. So I have to find a way to uh, continue to be a human and also pursue my passions. So I 
had always wanted to go in the direction of YouTube because I really enjoy the individuality of it and mm-hmm. kind of like how you have your own little corner of the internet and people can just be like, oh, well, here's here's Megan TV, you know, like here's Megan World or whatever, you know, like I, I love that. So I just went in the direction of learning how to make videos and um, I, woodworking came far later uh but at for at first when I was transitioning out of acting and stand-up it was more about just getting anything up on YouTube and just trying to kind of like I guess finding out what I wanted to say to the world yeah I understand that I mean I have a podcast for that very reason (laughs) (laughs) to share all the things um so were you doing stuff in addition to YouTube or are you at the point where YouTube is the thing? It does all the things for you. Um, I'm still transitioning, uh, to be honest. It's, uh, it's, it's definitely been a journey. And uh, I, get, I feel like I'm getting there, but I still need to grow my channel for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, we watched my kids want to be Minecraft YouTubers. They think they're going to be able to pay all their bills with that. And my husband is like, let me explain like how much work it takes for these big giant Minecraft YouTubers to get there. He's like, they started years ago. This is not like overnight sensation. Right. I mean, like it it definitely does take a lot of time and, and sometimes like things that you didn't realize it took, you know, like the resources it takes, they're so specific. And, and I think a lot of it is luck and uh, it's it's a journey but at the same at the same time this year I've actually made more money than I've ever made from the internet which has been terrific and I've actually been selling custom drawings to my fans wow. and I saw the patreon so we're getting there yeah I always say I should start a patreon and I never find the motivation to actually do it <laughs> you know after four years plus of podcasting, I'm still not doing it. So maybe someday, someday I might (laughs) like, oh yeah. Okay. Today's the day I'm motivated to set it up. You know, it's, it's a scary thing. I, I also put it off Patreon for a really long time because for me anyway, I was afraid that um, people wouldn't sign up and I was like, I don't want to face that reality, (laughs) but um, people did not a ton of people, but enough people to make me feel like, okay, people care like and and it's been really fulfilling and I'm I'm very grateful so uh go for it that's my response go for it so what got you interested in woodworking that is um a talent that not many people try to pursue because it can be very intricate and a lot of work yeah it's uh it's definitely very intricate specific I mean like I'm an amateur, but what I'll say about it is I got into it because I was, um, when the pandemic hit, I got furloughed from my job and I was basically in a position where suddenly I was, uh, endowed with a wealth of time, not necessarily a wealth of money, but a wealth of time. So (laughs) I, wasn't like I basically wanted to make sure that I preserved my mental health and kept up a Mm -hmm. connection with the world and I started sort of like a cleaning and organizing show in my apartment and I and it was called productivity Tuesday and it was like every week I I would like write out my to-do list and then film myself doing it and I was like 
yeah you can do it and then like all of a sudden though like the problem was is I did it like I kind of like made my apartment as clean as it was gonna get and then at that point it was like okay well you have a routine you have a system now people are just maybe watching the exact same thing every week and this is getting boring so then I started saying to myself okay well how can I make my apartment even better and I was like furniture and so like I said I didn't have necessarily a wealth of money but a wealth of time so I was like the only way is to just become a woodworker and I so that's how it began yeah I got furloughed as well from my job which worked in my favor because when unemployment ran out for me because I've I've only lived in Connecticut for like uh we're going on two years now um so I've only been living in Connecticut for a short period of time and Uh um so the unemployment hadn't accumulated, right? I didn't work long enough to get that un- unemployment. And when that extra unemployment ran out, I had nothing. And so I was like, oh, I need a job. And I was complaining to my best friend and she has a marketing company. And she's like, I need an admin assistant and it's, I can do it all virtual. And uh, so it worked out for me because my kids are um, in a hybrid situation right now where they go to school for two days and then three days they're remote learning. And so Uh, there's no way with my previous job, I would have been able to do that because I'd have to go to work every day. And I can't expect my teenager to make sure she gets her work done and then make sure her two nine-year-old siblings get their work done. So it worked out in my favor, but yeah, it's tough because like, you're like, what do I do? I think I, I I think I spent like the first month depressed in my sweatpants. Sure. (laughs) <laughs> and then after all- that you, you're like what can I do with my life exactly it like forces you to think about that yeah and it, and it forces you to actually like appreciate all the things that you can't really do right now right like even in the places where everything's open you're still kind of limited it's not like a free-for-all and so yeah. you know there's a lot going on and there's a lot of stress. And like you said, mental health, you want to protect your mental health because it's been tough on mental health. Mm -hmm. And we're going on like almost a year (laughs) of this and you got to like find something that gets you out of that, that headspace. Yeah, absolutely. Like I was looking to just be engaged with my life, no matter what. And Um, I do well when I, in terms of engagement, like I do well when I don't know what I'm doing because it's overwhelming and I'm like, I'm terrible at this, but I also, I'm very stubborn. So I'm like, I, or am I, and I'm like, I'm going to work my way out of being terrible at it. Um, but yeah. And also to your point about like appreciating what you, you can and can't do during a pandemic, like that's a big part of, of me not participating in stand-up comedy right now too is comedy shows just really mostly aren't happening they have zoom zoom comedy shows and Mm -hmm. they had do have some outdoor comedy shows but it's not something that I'm able to extend myself to right now so uh, just relating just connecting to you there's only so many things you can do so might as well become a woodworker in my apartment and make things <laughs> well apparently twenty-two thousand people think it's amazing so <laughs> that's a good thing I can understand comment like comedians not being able to do anything I listen to a podcast called love it or leave it and it's like a political podcast but he's a comedian and he in Los Angeles 
And he was like, I can't, I can't do my shows. Like mm-hmm. how am I supposed to do my shows in the middle of the pandemic? He does some zoom stuff, but it doesn't quite connect in the same way as in person. Yeah. Yeah. It's a whole different beast. Cause like one of the, one of my favorite parts about doing live comedy was being able to feel the energy mm-hmm. and like, you almost start to feel like you can like that whole read the room concept you start to feel like you're like a psychic and you're like what you you guys are thinking this very specific thought and uh, then they laugh they're like we were thinking that how'd you know and like and you can't do that through the computer no i i mean i've been doing interviews to the computer like for four years so this isn't unusual for me um i i think i've only done like three in person and they were like with my sister (laughs) um but zoom yeah it's not the same as being in person um for a couple years i was a motivational speaker and and conveying my message was much easier in person than it is over zoom Sure. Yeah. So I can imagine that you feel, you feel that as well. Um, so what goes into building a YouTube channel with that many followers? How does that happen? Did it just like magically happen or did like, was there some work on your end that made that happen? Well, um, there's a lot of work on my end. I mean, uh, so the YouTube channel is still relatively small I mean so it's got right now just over a thousand subscribers I think 22,000 was the number of views it's collectively gained so I mean we're growing we're doing my best (laughs) um but how did I get it to where it is I mean so in my time doing stand-up comedy I had built up a bit of a Twitter following so Hmm. there are a lot of from there that luckily I've been able to sort of convert to watching me on YouTube um and aside from that it's just been uh I guess just posting my videos and just hoping for the best yeah my Twitter is basically for me to go on political rants (laughs) (laughs) because a lot of people use that for that I will because I think on Facebook and Instagram people get kind of like worn out with it because that's not where they go to really talk about politics right like you know um, I've seen quite a few people post on Facebook like I'm so sick of all the politics in our feed well and it's 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 bound to happen right especially when things are going on but that's not the place people go to talk about politics that's the place people go to like see your kids pictures or see funny cat videos absolutely Um, But Twitter seems to be the spot where like, it's perfectly acceptable to just Uh rant about politics. (laughs) Yeah, it's so interesting. I always think like, like, yeah, Facebook is like about like feelings and Twitter is like a filing cabinet of thoughts. So. (laughs) And you can tweet literally every five minutes if you want and nobody cares. (laughs) Oh yeah, definitely. In fact, they prefer it. It's just like a different, it's a different animal somehow. It's so strange how like a character limit allowed that to happen. Like, oh, well, in this one is going to be about feelings because we can write more. I don't know. It's strange. Yeah. I find myself on Facebook writing like several paragraphs. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But yeah, they're, they're a different beast. So, you know, um, do you have like a Facebook and Instagram following that you can, that also connects with your work or is it mainly Twitter that you helped build? Well, um, it, it's mainly Twitter. I do have Facebook and Instagram. It's just 
Twitter's my preferred medium. Uh, I love, I love being economical with my words and, and, and typing out my thoughts and, and just like documenting little quips, I suppose, you know, like, like I don't always do well with sharing my feelings publicly. So uh, if anything for me, Facebook's like, here's a picture of my cat. Uh, People like oh. those too. That's my they whole entire that. story on it, our Facebook is like, if you look at my stories on Facebook, my personal ones, it's like cat picture, cat picture, cat video, snow video, cat picture. <laughs> <laughs> nice. I mean, I, I'd subscribe to that. Yeah. They, I mean, I love my cats. So people think I have a favorite <laughs> because one is like very photogenic and he's like all up in it. And the other one's like, mm, don't take my picture. <laughs> I don't like this. I have to like be sneaky about catching her picture, but yeah. I love cat videos. Um, and I feel like, like you said earlier is like building a following is like hit, like you just, the right thing has got to catch people and they got to share it. And then, you know, you get people following it. You know, I find that I get like a surge of people following the podcast after like certain episodes that just hit the right chord. Um, mm. and then other episodes fall flat and I'm like, um, okay. <laughs> I don't know how this is working, but all right, I'm good. Um, as long as those followers continue to like, you know, increase over time and don't just drop, drop automatically. I'm okay. I, I'm okay. <laughs> yeah. It's like you win some, you lose some and you just do your best. Right. That's what I try to do. Yeah. Well, I'm sure like, it's not just woodworking. Like it's probably your personality that makes it a lot different than other, you know, videos out there. Thanks. I mean, I, I, I definitely try to strike a balance between like what I'm doing and, and how I'm presenting it. I mean, you have that, that comedy like part of yourself. So I'm sure there's like some little, you know, jokes and stuff throughout the videos. Yeah, it's tricky. It's tricky because it's like, I also don't want to go too far to the point where like, I'm joking so much or making it about me so much that then like, it's maybe alienating people who are just there for the woodworking. So right. I'm like, I definitely try to just do what I can, you know, like, I always feel like I'm alienating someone. So I might as well just be myself and just see what happens. <laughs> No, exactly. People gravitate to you because you're you versus like, you know, when I think of woodworking videos, I think like old men and they're like, you know, <laughs> their little workshop, which I'm sure. not about to watch because they'll probably put me to sleep, but I would watch somebody like you, you know, that's fun. It's got a personality. And then I'm learning <laughs> at the same time. So I think that that really makes a difference. Oh, thanks. That's very validating to hear. I, I do what I can. I do what I can. <laughs> <laughs> so what are your goals moving forward with this? Well, I basically, I just want to keep getting better. Basically, um, I'm going a bit more in the cat furniture direction. Um, yeah. You just <laughs> let me know when you start selling that. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, I absolutely will. Um, I my most recent video was how to make a cat hammock and I had a lot of fun with that one and I actually have some plans to be making some mid-century like miniature sofas for cats oh my god which, yeah I'm so excited um I still do have some furniture for myself to make so I'll be working on that too and 
I'm actually starting a drawing series on my channel too, um, which I know is completely different from woodworking. But to your point about maybe people are, are there to, to sort of interact with me as a person, I figure I'll at least try it because I do love to draw and um, it's kind of, it's in the same wheelhouse as creating. So we'll see, we'll see how that happens. That's going to be launching actually this week. Yay. So, I mean, the worst that can happen by the time people hear this, it'll definitely have launched. And, you know, the worst that can happen is you see that it just doesn't like people aren't engaging and then you'd be like, okay, well that didn't work. But, um, you know, if you don't try, you just don't know. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, so I love, I mean, I love cats. And if my husband let me have more than two, I'd, I'd be the crazy cat lady with like five cats. Um, <laughs> but he was like, the limit is two. And I was like, well, then when we get a dog, you only get two of those. You're not kidding. Ah. More than that. <laughs> if you can't let me have more cats, I don't know. Like every couple of years, I'm like, can I have a new cat? And he's like, no, you cannot have. Oh, and, and then oh. I had to break it to him that cats can live to like 20 to 30 years. And he was like, <laughs> I have to, I have to live with your cats that long? And I'm like, yes, yes, you do. You should have told them they live one year. <laughs> one year, and then you can give me another cat. And yeah. you know, he would wait till the cat died to get me another cat. Then you just have to hide the cat after. It's like a whole <laughs> scheme. Like, I'm ready for this. Let's do it. Yeah, just hide one of the cats in the attic. You know, <laughs> it's okay. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, I love cats. I've always been a cat lover growing up. I always buy them ridiculous stuff where he's just like, mm -hmm. why, why do they need this? I'm like, they really don't. But you know, I bought them cute little bows for Christmas that had gingerbreads oh. on them. Yeah. <laughs> That's and I proved so him wrong. Cute. He said, oh, they're not going to keep it on. They kept it on for several days. So I win. <laughs> I love that. And I, it makes me want to buy bows for my cats immediately. Yes, on Etsy. That's where I found them. Okay, noted. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like uh, restraining my hovering finger to not go do it right now. <laughs> no, I know. Definitely. It, it's, it's great. I, I just have a cat obsession. So you talking about making stuff for your cat. I'm not creative. I won't end up actually making it for myself, but I will buy things other people make. Okay, cool. Yeah, it's, it can be, uh, yeah so much easier to just get it like sometimes I wonder that like how I bought a cat ham I mean how I made a cat hammock in my last video I'm like I could have just bought this but but the journey it's all about that journey we keep going back to that <laughs> no yeah no, definitely I but you gotta know your limitations mine is I I'm limited on making things myself because they never turn out um so I allow <laughs> other people like you to make the things and then I'm like I will <laughs> buy the things from people <laughs> who make the things <laughs> Sure. I will be that person for you. I can do it. Yay. <laughs> so I, everybody needs to pay attention. They need to check out your channel. And, you know, I know plenty of creative people who might be like, I can do that. And, and, and who knows the, the pandemic might last a while more. Um, mm -hmm. And so we can all find those different, you know, fun hobbies to get into and, you know, create all these fun things. Sure. It's it, I, hobbies are terrific because they really help you um, develop your personality. That's a big reason why I was trying to niche down even just for my own development. 
Yeah. I mean, that's why I have the podcast. The podcast is a hobby. I don't make any money off of it. It's just fun for me. Sometimes Mm -hmm. I get worn out with it and I kind of like scale back. And then like, like last year I was just doing every other week. And then this year I'm like, I'm better now I'll do every week. (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. Yeah. So you must be really extroverted. Like maybe you get energy from talking to people. No, I'm actually the opposite. I'm I'm an introvert. Um, So like I can only do one of these like interviews a week because the rest of the week I'm like, I need a nap. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So I call myself an extroverted introvert because I do like connecting with people, but I hit a wall like where I'm just like, I'm done. I'm done with the people. I just want to like be to myself. And if the, I have a family of six, so like me, my husband and our four kids. So if they're super extra in a week, I have nothing left for other people. I'm just like, no, y'all have taken all of my energy at this point in time. Sure. Well, that's, it sounds like you're really aware of your boundaries and like, and your capabilities. And, and you also sound like, you know, yourself really well. So that's awesome. You know, I'm, I'm in my mid thirties. So, you know, it's, it's been some years. If you had met me in my early twenties or mid twenties, I was not nearly as aware. I would be the kind of person that would go out and and hang out with people. And I would hit that wall where I was super tired and I just keep pushing through. And then Mm -hmm. the next day I'd find myself completely exhausted and not even wanting to function. Um, And now I know like, I have limited amounts of energy to give to other people. Once I hit that limit, that's it. I got to go home and go to bed. <laughs> sure. That, no, it's cool. It's, it's cool to be able to like learn that stuff about yourself. Cause like, I suppose that's, that's how I started choosing categories for my YouTube stuff too. Like just, just sort of saying, okay, well making a random video about something I don't even care about. that doesn't make me feel good. So like we right. learn these things and then, and then we grow. Yay. Growing. Yay. Us <laughs> for growing. Yeah, if you're, you're not into it. People are going to really be able to tell, like, you know, if yeah. you, yeah, if you're not into it and you don't have enthusiasm for what you're doing, everybody's going to be able to tell and they're not going to mm-hmm. want to watch your channel. Yeah, absolutely. People can, t- they can sense it. Yeah, definitely. Cause your, your voice, your body language everything is going to be able to convey that to you. Sometimes I'll listen to podcasts and I'm like, they just, I feel like they're just doing it for money because they don't feel very engaged in what they're doing. Yeah. Authenticity. That's, and I feel like that's another thing though, that you can, that authenticity, you can read it so much better in person though, but that's cool that you can read it off of a podcast. And I can sometimes sense that, but yeah, like that, going back to what we were saying earlier, that's definitely like, I can really sense that in person too. Authenticity. Oh, definitely. Yeah. The vibe. Yeah. Those vibes. Uh, I'm, I'm definitely like an empath and I can sense, and I'm like, somebody will come into the room and the whole energy just goes down. I'm like, that's not a good person. You stay away. (laughs) You're like, that's what I do. That was basically that was, a, that was a hiss. I put my that I forget that we're just doing audio. That was a hiss, and that was a I made a claw with my hand, and I became a cat, and she reacted. That's what happened. 
Well, you know, because I like cats. That's why I reacted. Um, <laughs> but yeah, usually it's like big, like podcasters that have huge businesses. And I think they just start podcasts to, you know, bring in more people for more revenue. They don't seem as like enthusiastic about it and as into it. It just feels like a job. Like they're just doing okay. a job. And I don't like those kind of podcasts. I like the very like flowy, authentic podcasts where it's conversational. I don't like the boom, boom, boom. Here's all the questions. Definitely. I, I do too. Cause then it feels more organic. Yeah, no, definitely. So as we wrap up the podcast today, cause the time goes by really fast, what would <laughs> you like to leave the inspired women to audience with? Hmm. I would like to leave the inspired women audience with the notion to go with your gut feeling just always like a woman's intuition. It might sound cliche, but at literally in my life and on my, to use the J word journey again, on my journey, like literally every time I go with my gut feeling, I feel like I've gone on the, down the right path. And then later I'm rewarded for it. So to trust yourself. Right. And the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out and then you could try something new. Yeah, exactly. I had uh, two businesses at one point in time, a fitness business and a life coaching business. And I came to the realization that I don't work well as an entrepreneur. I work better with a boss. So mm. I stopped having businesses for myself. And that's awareness for you know me knowing that I couldn't do that. Um, so I think that we all have to be aware of like, this isn't working out. So I'm going to try something different. Yeah. To be adaptable. I, that's a challenge for me sometimes too. Well, it looks like you're adaptable with your YouTube channel. Like you went from like starting out over here and now you're over here and I'm sure it'll keep growing and improving and, you know, molding as you like, not molding as in getting moldy, <laughs> for anybody listening. Uh, but, uh, you know, becoming something that's perfectly you, uh, but you wouldn't have gone through all of that. Like you said, your journey, if you didn't just start someplace. Sure. Fair enough. I definitely have evolved over time in that regard. Yes. Evolving is probably the word that's better than molding. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> doesn't sound like blue cheese like molding does <laughs> oh god I really got the visual there <laughs> I'm glad you know I tried I tried to paint a pretty picture <laughs> well Darylin thank you so much for coming on the podcast today oh my pleasure thank you so much for having me Megan Thank you for being a part of the Inspired Women audience. If you enjoyed this episode, please leave us a rating review. And don't forget to share this out with somebody who could use some inspiration today. Tag us at Inspired Women Podcast, both on Facebook and Instagram. Have a great day.